0: Hi, welcome to Ask a Pastor. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes of your day to uh, just jump into some content. And I think there's some great questions here today that uh, that might be really helpful, especially the first one. We may only get to that, just we'll see how time goes. If you have questions, send them to Pastor at orchardhillchurch.com. We'd love to address those uh, at some point in the future. And if you are listening and wouldn't mind jumping over to the podcast uh, Avenue of Delivery and uh, subscribe to it, leave some thumbs up, comments, positive ratings, whatever's there on your mechanism to get it, that would be helpful. It just helps other people find the content as well. If you're listening on the radio, welcome on Facebook or other means. uh, Again, we're glad that you're here. I'm joined by Joel Haldeman today. Joel, welcome. Yeah, thanks. Joel is our campus pastor of our Strip District location. Uh, A lot of exciting things happen there. Uh, t- tell us just uh, some of the things people can expect this summer in the Strip.
1: Yeah, um, this is an incredible season for us. I'm just so excited. There's so much energy in our church right now and in our strip district campus and uh, seeing God do some incredible things. So yeah, come join us on a Sunday morning.
0: Beautiful uh, location that's been rebuilt really from the inside completely. Um, And so Mm. some Sunday, go do breakfast at the strip, go to a service there. You won't regret uh, making that part of it. So Joel, uh, here's a a question that came in and and this is... um, got a lot of layers to it it's yeah. in some ways a simple question in other ways it's got a lot of layers yep. uh, and it's subtitled slavery and polygamy in the Bible can you give me your thoughts on this please um, I could just leave you there but then it says this I've had a few times where these two practices have come up with friends we do not want to accept who do not want to accept the authority of the Bible because of these two issues slavery more so than polygamy yeah. I'm not sure what their friend's question is around polygamy yeah. uh, if it's uh yeah we'll, we'll leave that alone <laughs> for right now uh but uh so 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 uh, just give us your quick you know if somebody is sitting around and says hey slavery the Bible was pro-slavery mm-hmm. and I I'm assuming from the question Maybe they think the Bible was pro-polygamy right. uh, because of some of the Old Testament stuff. So the Bible you know, supported slavery, polygamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, why would I believe in that kind of a faith or God?
1: Yeah. What would you say? Um, I think the first thing that I'd say uh, in that conversation and to the person asking this is, we're starting in the wrong place. Um, We can't establish the validity of the Bible on the basis of practices that are recorded in the Bible. Um, We believe the Bible's true because we believe in the historical Jesus. We believe that he lived on this earth, that he died on this earth, that he rose from the dead. And if that is true, I'm going to pretty much go with whatever that guy says. I mean, if Jesus really rose from the dead— and so the, the slavery and polygamy question, I think, is, is secondary in whether or not we're determining if the Bible's true or not. So I guess that would be my advice to the person asking that question, um, to first of all refocus that, question, refocus that conversation on the person Jesus, not on some of these sort of secondary issues. I mean, mm-hmm. would you agree that, with that, that? Well,
0: that's a great point because you're right. What happens a lot of times in faith discussions is people wanna have discussions that are five steps removed from the crux of who jesus is and yeah. whether or not coming to faith is is wise yeah. for them um so they'll say things like well what about the person in you know some remote country who's never heard about god that just seems so so bizarre i can't believe in a god who would yeah or you know i can't so so i think you're right to say come back to to who is Jesus is he who he said he was is he trustworthy and if so then you can start to to play forward some of these other things yeah H- however that seems to get some christian leaders in trouble i mean i've heard some people hmm. you know f- take an issue like abortion um it, where they'll say well you know i don't want to get into whether abortion's right or wrong because i don't want that to be the first issue somebody thinks about, I want yeah. them to think about Jesus, and then come to a decision on that, and people will get all fired up. Hmm. Uh, these issues aren't quite probably as uh, tense for some as abortion. Um, and, and so there probably is a, a, another issue here, and that is to what extent should Christians uh, on a whole speak to secondary issues sure. um, versus primary issues? And I'm not saying abortion secondary, uh, or polygamy secondary. When I say secondary, I mean not at the core of what it is to believe in Jesus. Right. I, I don't mean to diminish those issues in any way. Um, and if you heard that, the email for this is Joel Halden. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so uh, so 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 let's let's dive into slavery. So yep. so when somebody says slavery, because I, I do agree with what you're saying, absolutely get get to the primary issue if right. you can. But the issue. but, matters. but somebody's going to say. Okay, but I still can't get past slavery. So yep. unless you can answer that to my satisfaction, yeah. I'm not going to even consider this historical Jesus. Yeah. So, so let's do slavery first and then polygamy.
1: Okay. I think in, in both of these cases, slavery and polygamy, we have to first recognize that there's a difference between something being recorded in the Bible mm-hmm. and something being prescribed in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a really big deal because the Bible is not primarily a story about heroes. We say that all the time around here, right? It's a story about one hero, Jesus. And the story, you know, before and after Jesus is a story of people who are failures, losers, fools, and very uh, occasionally <laughs> a righteous person that God uses uh, to bring about his plan of redemption. So, you know, David is a murderer. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that his that murder is condoned by the Bible, mm-hmm. Um, So I think that's the first thing we have to say. And the second, along with that, is just the ability to recognize there are significant cultural differences in the way that we view both slavery uh, and polygamy um, today versus 2,000 years ago. Um, So slavery, first of all, when we think of slavery, we have this very uh, specific uh, occurrence of slavery in mind that is this uh, chattel slavery where people are kidnapped from another land, uh, brought to a place um, and and they they suffer greatly um, that and I, I would you know absolutely say that 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 kind of slavery is wrong um, that, that shouldn't happen that, that harms uh, that goes against what we believe about the image of God in people um, but there's been another kind of slavery that has existed in the world that hasn't been uh, that hasn't been the same as that. And, and I think you have to think of this in terms of, uh, you know, imagine you're living in, you know, 500 BC. You're uh, living in an agrarian country. You're a farmer, a poor farmer. You don't own land. And for some reason, uh, you and your family come under this huge debt that you can't pay. Um, but you have to repay it. And, and what's the consequence of you not repaying this debt? Uh, well, you're gonna get thrown into prison. Your whole family's gonna get thrown into a debtor's prison. Um, so now you have a choice. Now, in a day when there are no banks that are just gonna give you a loan, you can't declare you know, uh, bankruptcy, um, what someone had the option to do was to sell themselves into slavery. They're in slavery for a temporary period of time, seven years, um, and they're able to repay that debt. And so you can think of it that way as, um, as just a very different type of slavery, um, the conditions in Israel where slavery happened were, you know, v- they they were vastly different than what we imagine. Um, and so I think the first part is just understanding that slavery has existed in different forms um, throughout throughout the world.
0: Okay, so so your first kind of response is the Bible records things it doesn't endorse. Right. Would you say then that the Bible does not endorse
1: slavery? I would say that slavery has always existed in the world. It wasn't an invention of the Bible. What we find in the Bible as we start to read through law codes is that it begins to regulate something that already is existing in the world. And I think that's both the case with polygamy and slavery. So that
0: feels to many like endorsement. So, so rather than fighting against the institution, um, it said, well, since you're already doing it and you're going to do it, let me give some regulations. How is that not endorsement in somebody's mind?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have a, a great answer for that, in, at least in the Old Testament. I know that um, in the New Testament, we would say the reason that Jesus didn't just come right out and say slavery is wrong is because, you know, it's believed that a third of the Roman world was, was made up of slaves, um, that that was such a significant part of their economy that to just say, you know, slavery, you know, this is the end of slavery, uh, Rome would have squashed. Christianity as, as this movement that was trying to overf- overthrow the empire. And so, what Jesus did was something very subtle and very effective. He begins to preach about the, the, the individual worth of people. And what happens is, over time, um, society, the world laws begin to change so that, you know, after hundreds of years of the Christian message, slavery is actually abolished in, in the Western world. I mean, you know. Uh, With Christians leading the charge. Exactly, and so William Wilberforce is leading the way for slavery to be abolished because of his Christian faith. And, and so, so what I would say to this person is the reason you are even asking this question is because of the influence of Christianity because you've come to believe that slavery is wrong because Jesus That's taught good. us that individuals have worth and identity and meaning. Right.
0: Uh, I, the, I appreciate that answer and I think especially the idea that that Christians led even in the United States um, the path to saying this is not correct yeah this needs to go away and uh, the one piece I would emphasize just as I heard you talk about that um, I'd be a little cautious to want to say that Jesus endorsed something that he believed fully was wrong and, and so I think what you said earlier about slavery being a different um, practice in that world than what we experience, I'm so tainted by my American perspective that I equate slavery with race yeah. and slavery with um, mistreatment and dehumanizing things rather than as part of an economic system right. that was economic and for people's benefit actually yeah. rather than against it now i'm not saying slavery's a benefit but but what i mean is, but in that is, day it was. is is somebody did it because it was their best deal right it was it would be like somebody's taking a really hard job today and saying that's my best deal yeah. and at times it feels like slavery for me to take that job because it's it's my best deal yeah that's what people did and and so i don't think again the equating of slavery to our modern idea makes that a hard Leap, but but exactly. I but I think to to say Jesus moved that forward, and it is Christians that fought against slavery uh, in Europe and in America yeah. and helped bring about the societal change. And and your point is, the reason you believe it's wrong is actually rooted in Christianity. Is right. a great concept. So so polygamy is a little less clean That's in the right. sense of. <laughs> Uh, There again, you have all of these Old Testament figures practicing polygamy. I mean, Solomon had, you know, by most counts, what is it? 700 wives, 300 concubines. I mean, that's enough uh, ladies to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner (laughs) with a different lady every day and not do a repeat meal until um, like September, October. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. Uh, any way you look at it and yet Solomon is you know lifted up and I know you said we don't say that we have heroes but you know clearly it's it's recorded not necessarily endorsed in fact we're told that all these women led his heart away from the Lord but clearly he experienced some good things at the hand of God in the midst of of having a thousand women yeah
1: Um, so as a pastor how do you deal with that Um, I guess what I'd say is that from the very beginning, God establishes the the first, like God arranges the first marriage, right? And it's one man and one woman, and that's um, meant to be sort of this prototype of what marriage is to look like. Um, Moving forward, I I think polygamy is kind of a a big question mark in the Bible um, in terms of, you know, does God approve this or not? I mean, um, I would say that the Bible at no point condones polygamy. Or, or I should say the Bible at no point calls polygamy good. Um, but the Bible also, at least in the Old Testament, does not prohibit polygamy. Um, now, I think that... Uh, so, uh, so I got to butt in here right. just yeah, for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> just, just if for no other reason than my
0: own entertainment here. Yeah. So if it's not prohibited, is it cool for you to have a second wife? In America? i'm just asking the question i I mean i I think i just heard you well i mean there's some places well what if you what if you say i'll divorce my first wife legally in the state and then take a second wife Mm -hmm. i mean you know there's ways to get around the law
1: i think that there are uh there there are times when we can say that though this might not be technically a sin it's not a good choice and it's not in the best interest of someone um I don't know. How would, how would you respond wait, to wait that? Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Did you just say polygamy is not a sin? I don't know that I can point to a place in the Bible okay. where it says that it is a sin. I know that, that monogamy is held up as the ideal, that an elder has to be the husband of one wife. So, um, so, so that, that raises a whole
0: other host of questions. If the Bible doesn't call something a sin, mm-hmm. does that mean
1: you can't call it a sin? I th- well... Um, That's a trick question. That is way. a trick question. I, on, on the one hand, I think we don't want to be like the Pharisees, who, who create additional sins. On the other hand, uh, there are sins of Facebook, right? That right. the Bible's not going to record. So, so yes, there are sins that the Bible doesn't record as sin, but it kind of has to fall into a category. <laughs>
0: well, it, the reason I asked that question is, is I think. The impulse to say, I don't want to call something sin that the Bible doesn't call sin. I'm 100% with like, 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 I don't want to be the person who's like, I'm making up sins and creating categories that don't exist. And I'm by implication, making all kinds of things at the same time. um, Like, uh, like sometimes you'll hear people say, well, Jesus never said polygamy was wrong. Jesus Mm -hmm. never said X was wrong. Well, Jesus never said that rape was wrong. Right. Um, Jesus never said that uh, incest was wrong. Yeah. I have no problem saying rape and incest are sin. That's true. Um, because those are clearly against God's intention for human sexuality mm-hmm. based on an entire reading of the Bible. I think I would be able to say, although I agree that polygamy isn't as clean yeah. because of the way that it was practiced and by people who, who again would be heroes of the faith. Mm-hmm. If you want to use that phrase, which again, we don't like because there, there are no heroes. Right. We're, we're all fallen, which I actually think is the point uh, of that ultimately. But, um, but, but I think I'd be comfortable going back to Genesis and saying human relationships were instituted to be a man and a woman. Yeah. Jesus affirmed that when he said that a man should leave his father and his mother and the two should become one mm-hmm. flesh, not three. And, and, and so I think I would be able to comfortably say, say if somebody takes on more than one spouse, that that isn't God's design for sexuality, therefore right. it would be sinful. Um, so, 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 so I guess I would want to be able to say, yeah, although I don't think it's as clean as some other things as, you know, thou shalt not murder. Yeah. Um, I think you can make a pretty compelling case that it isn't God's design for human sexuality, which therefore would make that indeed sinful or wrong. And, and I think the reason that's important is, at least in this context, is somebody, again, Christian ideal, where do you get the ideal that marriage should be between two people, not three? Right. Well, where you get the ideal is Christianity. Yeah, um, that's right. And, and, and when I say part of the point of the Old Testament of Solomon and David and you know, different people is that they didn't always walk with God and yet God worked in their lives. And, mm. and it's really easy to sit in our cultural moment and say, we figured it all out. Mm-hmm. We're monogamous, we're anti-slavery, we're pro the environment, yeah. therefore we're good, we're the right people. And, and I think every culture has its blind spots. Hmm. And I know I've said this, I think I said it on the last Ask a Pastor or two ago, um, one of our cultural blind spots is greed and materialism. Hmm. And, and as a result, what happens in our culture, like someday, people will look back at our cultural moment and they'll say, can you believe how much wealth those Christians had and how much they used on themselves? Hmm. Um, and yet God is still at work in our lives. He still reaches into them, but, but we tend to have a cultural blind spot to that because we think that, that we always have to have more. And I think in that day, there was a cultural blind spot to certainly polygamy. Um, and probably to slavery, because not all slavery in the Bible was probably indentured servanthood. Right. There was probably some that, that, that crossed the line. But that doesn't change the fact that, that, that I would say slavery was sinful, um, and I think, uh, maybe not as it was practiced exactly in Jesus day, mm. but certainly as we came to know it in America, polygamy, yeah. I wouldn't hesitate to say is sinful. And I would say conspicuous consumption mm. in our day is sinful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so although I've only had one wife and only intend to have one wife, I <laughs> can only handle one wife. Uh, <laughs> we'll never be able to handle a second wife. Um, <laughs> and I'm a fortunate man with, with the wife I have, uh, the, the, the The idea that 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 I can still say, and yet I can know that there are areas of my life uh, in terms of consumption that I don't know how to totally rein that into a point where I would say, wow, now I'm completely biblical in that. And, yeah. and polygamy is a little easier because you can, you know, say, do I have two wives or one? Yeah, that's um, right. and, and so it's a little cleaner than than do I need another, you know, do I need a new car or can I fix the one I have? Yeah, uh, you know, that's uh, right. Is, uh, why do I need to get a new car instead of just fixing one that still runs? Right. Um, well, in this culture, it's, you know, you've got a 12-year-old car with, Hundred and seventy thousand miles. It's kind of an old car. You think, well, I need a new car. Right. Um, and 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 that's I, I think a problem when we start categorizing yeah. like this.
1: And just to add to the polygamy discussion, I, I don't I can't think of a single instance in the Bible where polygamy is portrayed positively. Hmm. Um, like in almost every instance, it's polygamy that leads to hardship. And that's right. like think about how David like that was the downfall of his of his family and the yeah. kingdom was the mess in his family um Abraham with Hagar and Sarah like that was just a mess right. um and uh, and actually the first polygamous instance i think is uh Lamech in uh Genesis what is that 3 or 4 yeah. or something like not 3 uh 4 or 5 and he's just it's it's he's presented as a fool yeah. and so i i'd agree with you that it is the ideal of god that marriages a man and a woman together right yeah, yeah, single
0: entity. But right. but I think your impulse, again, to say, I don't want to call things sin that aren't clearly sin, yeah. I would just say, for me, I think you can make that jump on this one. Yeah, okay. Just even though in the Old Testament, it wasn't as clean because of the people who were there. But again, I think to your point, that is the mess, and it is God was working in spite of people's yeah. blunders. Because if you go back to Genesis and then to Jesus' affirmation, you see... Hmm two becoming one was the ideal yep. at every turn, not three becoming right. one. And, uh, and, and in that, so um, I, I love your point though about where the impulse of should comes from mm-hmm. is often actually biblical ideals hmm. uh, that have so shaped our thinking yeah. that, that the idea of human value, fairness, um, uh, monogamy, loyalty—those are th- those are biblical ideals. And so, to the to the person who says my friends struggle with these things, I think what Joel's saying, and I think he's right, is to say if you can turn that around and say, say you're actually longing for something that is taught in the Bible, rather than than arguing mm-hmm. against it. Um, and the Bible recorded it; it didn't endorse it, and and shows us that God works in spite of human failings. And then I think my point is that. Every culture has its human failing. It has its cultural blind spot. That happened to be theirs. We have our own in this day that one day people will look back. In fact, in this day, people look from other parts of the world at America and say, really? Like, that's how you exercise your faith? Mm -hmm. And when we see that, it's, it's easier than to say that points to the graciousness and the goodness of a God who deals with people who are blinded sometimes to their own rebellion without even naming it as such against him. And so, so any other thoughts on that? No. Um, Well, very good. Well, Joel, thank you. Uh, I think that was helpful to me just to hear your thoughts on that and to walk through. So if you have questions, again, ask them to ask, send them to orchardhillchurch.com and we will be happy to address them in the days ahead.